all this stuff about finding and understanding an audience, that's all very fine. But heck, how do I start a conversation with them? Hello everyone, this is The Audience Explorer, a podcast for you as a founder or creator who wants to develop an audience for your product or service. I'm Matthias Bohlen. This is what people keep asking me recently. Matthias, you have shown us how to find an audience for a product or service. You even founded a startup for a tool to understand audiences. You've shown us how to select the people you want to work with. But what if I find that audience, how do I talk to them? This problem is fairly old. Honestly, I had it myself when I created my new Twitter account get the audience with zero followers, <laughs> zero following and nobody knowing it. I found that Daniel Vassallo, he created an ebook on Gumroad called Everybody Can Build a Twitter Audience. And he got a recommendation for behavior. Uh, he said, when you are trying to build a new Twitter account, then give, give, give before you ask anything. Give value to your audience, join the conversation of existing accounts, because if you tweet, nobody will listen if you have zero followers. So give, 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 and then ask for something. I went to ask other people about this and recently KP posted something. I put that in show notes. He tweeted, this has happened to me many times, roughly 10% of your entire audience across Twitter, newsletter or podcasts become your customers. That's why building an audience is super important, especially for a B2C founder. Building in public is a great way to build an audience. And Janelle responded, Janelle, the, the newsletter OS lady, she said, it's all about building that trust with your audience. And that struck me. I um, asked her, what do you think are the most relevant factors that build this trust? Is it the common cause? Is it the value that, that you give? Is it the consistency of conversation that you show up every day? Is it the feeling at home and being understood in a certain audience? What else could it be? And she answered with, with great things like authenticity, being genuine, being kind and helpful, giving before taking. Same thing that, that Daniel said, right? So I said, there must be something behind all this. And I reached out more into the past. I found the classic book by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I was uh, really amazed that this uh, book is uh, so old. It's already from 1936. And he had a, a great quote in it. Uh, he said, to be interesting, be interested, right? If you want to be interesting for other people, be interested in them first, right? So the first step, um, if you want to grow a, a Twitter audience for your product or service, be interested in the existing people, the existing accounts on, on, on Twitter. So 
go in there, join the conversation, uh, build a relationship with them. What did Janelle say? Authenticity, being genuine, being kind and helpful. So be kind and helpful to other people when you want to build an audience. There is a great summary about this uh, book by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's in Wikipedia. And the book has great sections like fundamental techniques in handling people, six ways to make people like you, uh, 12 ways to win people to your way of thinking. This is amazing. That should be possible. And then be a leader, how to change people without giving offense or arousing resentment. My thesis is that you can't change people. People can only change themselves, but, but I would read that chapter anyway. So 1936, I think people really don't change over the centuries. Only the, the world as a whole changes, but the, the human being itself <laughs> doesn't change very much. So I think the things in this old book uh, are really still valid because that's the, the human nature, right? Okay, so how to get in contact, give, 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 uh, go to other uh, Twitter accounts and give value. How can you do that? Two great examples. One that I've frequently seen on Twitter is summarize. You go to an existing account that already gives value and you summarize something they said in a great and concise way. Recently, a totally new Twitter account, Pogie, I, I put the Twitter handle in the, in the course notes. He did a great job summarizing Janelle's journey from zero to her newsletter OS success. He summarized this way in a, a Twitter thread and he tagged her. She got the attention and uh, retweeted this good summary thread. So he got real good engagement on that thread. So this will be a good example for contacting someone, uh, even if you have zero followers. The, another more simple example is retweet or quote, quote tweet. The better thing is quote tweet. Somebody else's, a bigger account's tweet. Simply pointing to good value that other people have already given and add your own point of view. Right? In the quote tweet, you put your own point of view above and then point to um, the other tweet that really gives the value. So you add value to existing value. You can start to reply, you can start to join the conversations and really build a good contact, good rapport with your audience. then people will start to follow you. You will gather your own followers. You can open your own conversations. You can engage with your audience, for example, by posting interesting statistics about how you build your stuff, your product or service, or you can post new milestones. For example, when you have added a new feature to your product or when your product can be used in a new kind of way. To go and understand what really makes your audience tick, the best thing is move off Twitter. After a while, move off Twitter, for example, to a video conferencing tool like Zoom or Jitsi Meet. I put that in the course notes. 
because a face-to-face -face conversation is, is so much richer, can be so much more valuable than a Twitter thread. Twitter thread is a low bandwidth thing. You have to concentrate and put your thoughts into these short tweets. And a lot, a lot of um, things are lost in translation, right? So a face-to-face -face conversation is so much more dynamic or can be so much more dynamic. I recently had good conversations with existing members of my um, audience and uh, we had so many more new ideas. Talking to people is amazing. It, it really makes your brain tick, right? The ideas spark quicker than when you try to find them all alone. We humans are social beings and um, getting to ideas is much easier in a group of people. Finally, you will want to ask them how they work or what their problems are, what their needs are in order to support them with a product or a service. So how do you do this? How do you ask them about what they do? Best thing is take a real world example. Ask about a real world recent example where the other person did the job that you're interested in then simply ask them how do they do what they do. This week, Michael Fecher on my Twitter stream, he made me aware of the home builders audience, people who build a new house or a new home for themselves and their family. I thought about this audience, uh, what would I ask them if I wanted to support home builders with, let's say, a new piece of software? when I get them on Zoom, I would say hi and oh, I heard you, you're building a home for your family. How did you approach that? How did this all get started? And they, they would tell me, yeah, we, ha we didn't have enough space. We decided we need a new house and, and so on and so on. And I would listen to all this and then I would ask further questions like, how did you find the place to put your house, for example, or which criteria were important when you selected the location that seemed perfect to you? So then they would go on about the location, how they decided about the village or city they want to move. I could ask them, what happened then when you made the decision, yeah, let's go for it? And they would tell me, yeah, I would go to financing that thing, planning that thing, really building it. And we thought about moving out of the old home and moving into the new home. So moving in itself is a, is a, a problem, right? Mm. I could ask for more details like, do you have an architect or project manager who coordinates everything for you? Or who does the planning and tracking in your case? I would probe with additional questions and then I would try to find out where the real pain is. What's the pain in finance? What's the pain in planning, in building, in moving in and out? Where was it? What was the most painful thing they had? And for example, what would be a problem that would look like it's repeatable, right? So could there be any problems that every home builder would have? This would, of course, require talking to multiple home builders one after the other to find out if they have common problems. Basically, this is a technique that was introduced by Ash Maria. He called it the problem interview, really finding out about existing problems in your audience. There are more techniques 
for example, one from the soft skill courses that I used to give for my students in, in software architecture and engineering, one technique talking to your customers is active listening. When you are in a conversation, you listen for what the audience has to say. Then you, you repeat it in your own words, you paraphrase it, and then you ask your audience if it's correct. Building a home for yourself, your important step seems to be financing, planning, building and moving out and in. Is, it, is that correct? So then they can comment in it, for example, no, there are some steps missing or uh, the sequence of steps is not correct and so on. Or the steps have no sequence. <laughs> they can correct your understanding. So active listening consists of listening itself, then repeating it in your own words and then asking the other person if this is correct. This is a real good technique to get a good and precise understanding. It's also a good technique to interrupt someone who will be talking for two hours otherwise <laughs> to keep them focused on the conversation, on the important points in the conversation. When you have such a problem interview, it's mostly about a certain job to be done. The person you're speaking with tries to get some job done. For example, create their new home for their family. When you have a conversation about such a job to be done, it's always a good idea to make sure you also get the adjacent tasks for the current job. So not only the job itself, but what does the person need to prepare for that job? that the job can be done at all. Or if the job is done, what does the person need to clean everything up, right? Imagine they have their new home, they moved from the old house into the new house. What does the person need to do then to clean everything up and to get up and running again? So maybe a new piece of software couldn't help so much with, with creating the house, but with moving into it or with restarting your household after the move. So make sure that you also ask for adjacent tasks, processes or jobs to be done adjacent to the job at hand. Okay, so the conversation will go on, let's say 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, depends on, on how good the contact to the other person is. And then the question is, how do you end such a conversation? What's a good ending for that? You could end the conversation by doing two things that were re recommended by Steve Blank, the great startup guy. He said, at the end of the conversation, ask two questions. First of all, what should I have asked you but didn't? The other person can start to think about, okay, what was the conversation about and what were we missing all the time? And they, they could respond with things like, yeah, we were talking all about all this house stuff, but what about my cat, for example? Yeah, uh, When I move into a new house, what about my cat? Oh, your cat, your pets, yes. A totally new subject I didn't ask you about. This could be something very valuable in the next half an hour <laughs> can pass to explore adjacent subjects. And Steve Blank also recommended to ask, whom else should I ask about this? So to get a referral from this person to their friends, their colleagues, to explore more about this problem. 
an introduction to other people can give you a long way that you would otherwise have to make yourself. So asking for introductions, asking for referrals is a good thing at the end of such a conversation of a problem interview. Okay, to sum all this up, this is the recipe for engaging with your audience once you find them. First, get in contact, for example, using summarizing or pointing to interesting threads uh, that happen in your Twitter audience. Then after you get into some tweets, into some conversation on Twitter, then move off Twitter to more face-to-face -face conversations on video calls, for example. During those calls, you can ask about real-world recent examples for a certain job that your audience needs to be doing. For example, like building a new home for the family. Techniques for that could be a problem interview or active listening um, during that problem interview. And make sure to ask also for adjacent tasks, processes or jobs for the current job to be done. We also explored how to end the conversation with asking for unexplored topics or asking for referrals. Next, we should talk about the progress with Get the Audience, my startup that creates a tool that helps you understand your own audience for whom you want to build your product or service. Since the last podcast episode, I did a lot of little things. For example, on the blog, I added the possibility to comment. I used the Commento engine that puts a comment field below every post so that you can add your comments now on my blog. I publish the transcripts of the podcast episodes also in my blog so that you can also comment about them. A day later, something weird occurred. Um, some users were onboarding and get the audience sends an onboarding email message to each new user and one lady got this email into her google mail account and google inbox pushed that email into the promotion folder hmm that way this uh, onboarding email was hidden from her view and she didn't know really to how to sign up and make the most out of uh, get the audience so this was a pity and the lady said to me, this is friction in the sign-up process. Can you reduce that? And I thought about that. Where does the problem come from? You purchase this uh, subscription on Paddle. Paddle tells to get the audience, hey, somebody new has subscribed. And this takes a little while until get the audience knows that. And get the audience creates a license code and sends it to the user and the user signs up. So this is sign-up friction. What I did was I wrote a new API so that the user interface can ask, get the audience in the back end, have you already got a license code for this user who just signed up? And when get the audience says yes, the user interface can directly display login here link to the user um, that already contains the license code. So everything is ready and set up and good to go for the user. The user doesn't need this email message to know how to log in. She clicks a link and everything's done. That was good. Then there was a feature that another user requested, Harish from India, hello. You said, can I have the possibility for audience exploration to remove the voice of the one who talks the most right for example if you explore the audience of your competitors or if you explore your own audience let's say in the case of your own audience you will be the one who talks the most 
but maybe you want to explore the behavior of the others. So is there any possibility to remove yourself from the data? I added a new feature. You can now, instead of adding all the tweets from a certain Twitter account, you can say, okay, I want only the tweets from the account, the tweets to the account, or the tweets that mention the account. And that way you can explore audiences where one person is very active or one account is very active and the others are only responding. And maybe you are much more interested in the responses than into the original tweets because this tells me more about the behavior of the audience. Then the next day I had a nice Zoom call with a trial customer and we talked about what he's doing and uh, he really came to an aha moment that gave him new ideas how to explore his audience. And I thought, hmm, when this conversation led to the aha moment, how can I kind of replicate this conversation for every new user? Of course, that doesn't scale if I do that in person. So I have to think about new ways to onboard people such that they get this aha moment faster. I thought about what does onboarding look like. When I recently signed up, for example, for Hype Fury, Twitter uh, scheduling tool, they always put the uh, most interesting features on top of the screen as a kind of checklist. This is a good reminder for me as a user. Did I use all the interesting features? For example, with, if there are five or six features that I um, need to use to make the most of Hype Fury, Hype Fury would list them and place a check mark next to each one of them. So I thought, why not create a getting started page in Get the Audience that tells the user, hey, for example, these are two interesting use cases for which you can use a Get the Audience, for example, exploring your own audience or exploring your competitors. And these are the three or five features that you can use. Adding tweets, finding out the keywords, filtering by keywords, and so on. All these interesting features that Get Your Audience has. This was a good idea that I had about onboarding without sending too many emails to new users. Better have that in-app and showing them good use cases with demo videos and then a checklist about interesting features that they should try to get the most out of the software. Good. This was what I did last week. Now let's have a look at the stats, at the metrics. During last week, since January 7, I've got one new user and three retained users. Okay, a little better than the week before. Not sensational, but okay. These four people explored 12 new audiences. They imported 9,116 new tweets that came from 6,390 Twitter users. So the stats for last week are not so bad. Three retained users and one new. Okay, let's see how that develops. Good, that was it for this week. Thanks for listening. Keep engaged with your audience. Now you know how to do it. And most importantly, have fun with your audience and have much success with your product or service. Thanks for listening to the Audience Explorer podcast today. 
You can find me on Twitter at GetTheAudience and you can check out the blog at GetTheAudience.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out to me on Twitter or send an email to Matthias at GetTheAudience.com. If you want to support this podcast, please leave a rating in your favorite podcast player app. This will help other founders or creators to find this podcast about developing an audience for their product or service. Thank you very much for listening and see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.